Hi, and welcome to the Acolytes of Merlin, in which we will be talking about, um, for the first time, uh, the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson, starting with uh, the first episode of The Way of Kings. Um, We are your hosts, John. And Johnny. And let's get started. I know that uh, we're both pretty excited, but uh, one of us is... uh, Really, really pushes the limit on that. Yeah, uh, does I, that guy want to speak? I, I, I'm sure I'll be talking a lot later, or just in general. So apologies, but I have I I have been waiting. I almost feel like years to have a platform to talk about this series on in one way, shape, or form. Because it really. When did you first run into it? So okay, so I'd heard of it. Sometime when we were in college, like early college, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even a little before, because Way of Kings came out in 2010. But yes. like, and I'd read Mistbo- the first Mistborn and gotten halfway into Well of Ascension and gave up because it's not a very good book, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, at least, or at least by at the very least by Sanderson standards, uh, or as such. Uh, so I was like, you know, that's really long, like. It's a. I know. I knew it was like a planned ten book series. I was like, do I really want to get into that? Mm-hmm. And so my uncle eventually like had bought a lot of or downloaded a lot of Sanderson's books on Audible, and so I was like, okay. I gave a lot of his books a shot, and I was like, okay, I'll give this Stormlet Archive a try. So I listened to Way of Kings and Words of Radiance, and I loved them. Mm-hmm. Just um, instant, instant. Oh, uh, not not necessarily. In, like Way of Kings takes a, took a little while. Well, I mean, the prelude's awesome. The prologue's epic, but like mm-hmm. Way of Kings takes a little while to like get going. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they kept you in. Yes, because you're oh geez, I gotta know um what this whole uh, what this whole Knights Radiant thing yeah, is. Yes, um, and so. Yeah, so I've read... Well, I've listened to Wave Kings and Words of Radiance once. I've read them both twice, and I've read Oathbringer once. Mm-hmm. Um, for now. For now. <laughs> I'm probably going to do... I might do a reread before... Well, because Stormlight 4... Maybe, because Stormlight 4 won't be coming out to like... At the early, like, sometime in 2020. Yeah. So probably fall of 2020, if I had to guesstimate. Because now that he's not, you know, writing another hugely... Uh, important hmm. epic series. Um, yeah, they're he, coming out every three years now instead of every four. Yeah, he, he did that, didn't he? God, he's, <laughs> such, he's such a slouch. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, it's, it's, I mean, yeah. Basically, I, I could I could talk about and we'll will talk about Sanderson for hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'll probably insert more little things about my experience with the series as we progress, but. Uh, if not, so for at least for this particular podcast, John, what do you think of the book? <laughs> <laughs> um, I by the end of the book, I can say I'm definitely hooked. Um, I want to know. Um, the thing that hooks me the most is I want to know more about how how the world world works because yeah. that is that's his claim to fame and. I've already read Mistborn, and I was really uh, taken away by how the rules by the end of the trilogy just completely overturned what we thought was the case at the beginning of the trilogy, Um, and that's something that I try to emulate in my own writing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I really am looking forward to that. Um, I like the characters, and I think that... uh, He's doing a good job with them, and uh, so I'm 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 good with those things. Um, and so, so some of the characters are started slow for me. I liked more than others, um, but I'm starting to see how their arcs are shaping out, and I enjoy that. Um, you already know that, like I I'm I'm hesitant about his prose. Yeah, and I'm not. Because I, I know that we've spoken before, and you said that um, his prose kind of gets out of the way yeah, of the story. Yeah, do, do we want to go into that a little bit? With his um, I'm going to. I'll, or do you have stuff later I'll go into it. I'll, I'll go certainly go into it a little bit um, because you can get the uh, uh, 
other end of the spectrum where you get the really flowery stuff in Jordan or Rothfuss, um, yes. where it's just a lot of stuff. But at the same time, when I sit back and think about it, I think the words on the page are, at the end of the day, the conduit to what we're experiencing. And there's yes. no other avenue into what yeah. we're experiencing. So for me, sometimes I think that if the words aren't rich, mm-hmm. then what I'm reading about isn't especially rich. And there's a continuum mm-hmm. and a spectrum to that, obviously. Yes. But sometimes when I read the the plain Janeness of yes. the Sanderson prose, I just think, ah, this this is just the the content of this is very bare bones. Regardless of how the detail right. of the world is, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. not being communicated to me in a very textured way. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. He now he he does. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, with certain, I, I think. Well, I think Prose Wife, his best book is his novella, that, his novella, The Emperor's Soul. Okay. Um, like it just in terms of his prose and what he does with that. I um, recognize but, um, with certain uh, snippets of prophecy, I think in this book or where he um, attempts to get into poetics at any at any point, mm-hmm. I see his prowess. I see his ability to do that. Um, so that tells me that he's choosing not to most of the time. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. So because let's not let's not dismiss his language as bad because it's not. And in fact, like there are parts where he with the language is really there and where he really nails it. Mm-hmm. Specific. I mean, th- there's well, there's there's some specific parts almost. A little bit more in Words of Radiance and Oathbringer, but like where it's what, where it's good, like where, where it's, it's re- yeah, like where it's really, really good, really yeah, close, really um, good. yeah, but um, yeah, and just kind of the dialogue at certain scenes, and but I mean, so I mean, let, let's this isn't say it's not bad at all. It's just like you, you said, and he said this for him. It's it, it's it's basically the inverse of of how Rothfuss writes. Yeah, more so than Jordan, I'd say, because Jordan. Oh, I agree. I, Jordan has more plot than Rothfuss does. Yes. Um. Uh. Well, and Jordan right. has uh more, you know, f- familiar phrasings. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there aren't. Well, we'll just go with that for now. The, yeah. the, he has more of those. Not too many people have noticeable braids in the Stormlight <laughs> Archive. <laughs> no, but, no, they do not. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's yeah. So I, I don't. I think that's fair to say about mm-hmm. his writing. For me, it, it doesn't. That's not as. That's not as big of a deal for me because I connect so much with what he's saying, mm-hmm. and I'm so engrossed in like the characters and like kind of and I'll, I'll get into this a little bit later but like for me what really dra- draws me in is like the specificity uh of like kind of characters and character moments and how a lot of them are very relatable um i mean not like the situations obviously but kind of like the emotions and like thoughts that the characters are experiencing mm-hmm. but yeah yeah but we can get into that more later but. sure yeah yeah but th- that that would yeah. be an example of something that um because you asked me how i like yes it, it, mm. that would be the, on the lower end of how, how i regard the book as a whole no that, that's that's totally fair again preference. and having read um i because i i read a, a, a book that came out at the same time the gathering storm and it is I don't think there's a heck of a lot of difference in his, uh, we'll, we'll not say ability, we'll just say his his demonstrated prowess with prose. Um, Gathering Storm is bet- his first Wheel of Time book, Yes, right? between Way of Kings and Gathering Storm. I think the difference lies in um, the fact that his own story is being told through Way of Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it uh, you know, 
ratches it up a, no- a couple of notches. And maybe oh, that's just because I'm reading it later. But I do, but whatever the reason, I do think that this is a step above Gathering Storm in terms of um, in terms of in terms of prose. I mean, th- this is this is the kind of to your point of this being his story this is the story that he's been wanting to write his whole career because yes. he originally wrote again here's your first tidbit he originally wrote like the way of like this first draft of the way of kings like 10 years before this was published right. so and then like basically and he was submitting that i think he, he was like submitting that and to like publishers and no one or editors and no one was taking it because like i mean that, whether it was a variety of reasons of like it was I don't know exactly how long it is and you can find it I, in fact I'm sure I'll get it at some point but you know what I see that in is the very first prologue which is oh with the not, with the heralds not, does not have any dressing at all and and that might be partially because there are certain details where he's like I can't say this that, stuff yeah but I think it also has it, I got the same feeling with um with uh, the, the 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 final battle in Harry Potter because that had been written a long time ago. I have to feel oh, like, okay, I'm yeah, reading yeah. an older piece of writing. It I just got I just got that feeling. Yeah, no, I I think that's fair. I, mean, I, I don't quite get that, but I mean, I also that's um I I, I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, but I mean, I I, I can see it. It is very not super descriptive. Um, I more attribute it to there are specific things he does not want you to know yet. Um, uh, because like that scene has a very particular. That scene's supposed to do one thing: let you know that hey, they're abandoning. Like the heralds are abandoning this thing, mm-hmm. the Oath Pact. Like yes, yeah. And it's like well, this seems really big, especially because it's it's put as that like this is the this is the pro- this is not the prologue to this book. This is the prologue to the whole thing to ten books, and it explicitly says that. Unlike in um, um, Wheel, of Wheel of Time, which at least in name that prologue is only the prologue to the Iron yeah, World. but of right. course it's, it is yeah, the prologue. it is the in substance yeah, it is the prologue to the Wheel of Time. But um, and just, just to finish what I was saying, yeah, and, then we'll, and then we'll move on. Um, the i the point being i've read you know three successive sanderson books before where i thought he got more into his element with each book mm. that being the last three books of the wheel of time and i expect the same thing to happen with these three books oh yes with words of radiance and where he just gets more yeah. comfortable there's a there's a few less awkward moments of um just plain jameness. <laughs> uh, yes, I will say I personally like each book more like as you as we progress. Um but I'll be interested to see what you think. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and a lot of that is because and that is largely because of character moments that happen in certain like how character moments happen. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the biggest thing for me with this series. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so I'll be curious to see what you think about that. Yeah, um, but that but, will, be, those but yeah, will be future episodes. But yes, good good to note though that you are thinking that it is going to get progressively better, at least insofar as his writing skill. Yes, yes, I, I expect that. It's like I'm it's, I'm reading the same uh, progress of years again, right? Um, but <laughs> it, except that um, the second book comes after. The second uh, Stormlight book comes after his third Wheel of Time book. Right, after Memory so, of Light. So um, yeah. might even see a bigger jump um, with this second mm. book, but then with the last second book. Wait, hold on, with... I probably just confused Sorry, when I say th- that. I'll see a bigger jump with Wars of Radiance than I did with um, Towers of Midnight. Wait, hold on, sorry. 13. B- the jump between Gathering Storm and Towers of Midnight... And Way of Kings and Words of Radiance. Correct. Okay. okay. Not between Gathering Storm and Words of Radiance. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm yeah. not comparing them. I, yeah, I was confused. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Having not read those yet, we will get to those, but it's going to be a little yes. while. Uh, yeah. I can't speak to that yet, but that's oh, you good will. to know. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm sure I will. <laughs> 
Okay. So um, we can move into the into the structure of it a little more. We've already talked about um, uh, the because we have the prologue to the Stormlight Archive as a whole, then we have the prologue in name to the Way of Kings, and then the chapter one, which is still a lesser um, viewpoint. Um, that only lasts one chapter. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, because, oh, by the way... A la uh, prologue to Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes, by the way, spoilers for the whole... For all of the Way of Kings. Yes, yes, yeah. and no more than the Way of Kings. Yes, no more than the Way of Kings. Yes. Um, in fact, that's... Uh, I... That's why I'm only going to say certain things about the structure now. Yeah. Um... I'll, I think I'll be saying this a lot throughout the yes. podcast. I'll, I'll say certain things about the structure now. There's a lot more things that I'll be comfortable saying in, with words of radiance just because, like... Yeah, so because you'll we'll already start to notice some patterns. I, yes. I've just started words of radiance, and I already noticed something. We've yes. already talked about that. Um, um, but, yeah, so 10-book... Stormlight Archive is a 10-book, planned for a 10-book series with two arcs of five. Mm -hmm. So I won't, well, neither of us know a heck of it because neither of us have um, reached the end of book five because it doesn't exist. Yeah. But that tells me Although I think it's going to exist before Winds of Winter or (laughs) maybe King Killer 3, but who knows? Sorry, go ahead. I I know that... uh, I know that book five, Stormlight book five is coming out. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Um, that tells me that we we might only see these characters for five books. And then we'll get into, and I don't know how much you know about that already. Um, uh, I know enough to confirm or deny what you're saying. I'm not going to in oh, this podcast. Even do that. Okay. I mean, again, that... I could. I'd rather wait till the Words of Radiance podcast, or wait till we get there. But mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah. Um. But anyway, that, that's that's all I can figure out by this, and we'll get a conclusion at book ten. We'll get a conclusion to the second arc and to the entire Stormlight Archive, which is something that's really exciting to me. Yes. That I, I like a a writer going ahead and being that ambitious with um with 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 the conclusion and, and, and there's well so first of all with that somebody once asked and you'll probably hear me spout off random things that people have asked him and things that he's answered with a lot mm-hmm. but someone asked sanderson once which which book in the Stormlight Archive are you looking forward to writing the most? And he his answer book ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's and, all and, he and, said, and, and without hesitation. Yes. Oh, no hesitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and that's good because yes. I don't want someone to be saying, oh, you know, you know, I this this I, I figured out this is how it ends, but you know, I and and like most of the book, I haven't even figured out. Mocking Jay. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> we're not gonna go. We're, we don't have to we get into that. We won't go. We're we won't go into, into that. It's one, but... one of our biggest areas of dissent. Um, uh, but uh, they, that's that's how it'll be. Yeah. Um, and yeah, again, we have the three prologues, um, which is oh, which re- which appropriately layers from the outset, and I like that too. Well, and re- real quick, sorry, just one more kind of larger structure thing that I'll say now is that someone asked him his kind of about his Brandon about his outlining process. And he said, so usually he'll have, I think he said, like, a five-page outline for, like, the book he's about to write, a three-page outline for, like, the one after that, and then kind of a one-page outline for, like, the like the one after that through the end of the, like, each book has, like, then has a one-page outline. So that he doesn't get too mired in details that he's not going to be writing about for ten years. Yes, yeah, because... Uh, that, and, that's that's good. Yes, and, and we can talk more about being an architect versus a... Well, yeah, we'll talk. Oh, that, we'll talk about that. That should later. be a, that should be an episode on. Okay, yeah, that that, that is an episode on itself. But without getting into too much of the weeds of that, basically, a, a an architect is somebody that very carefully maps out what they're going to do with their book. A discovery writer or a gardener just kind of goes and sees the, where their mind or the characters take them. 
Um, and th- there are there are more dimensions. To yes, that. yeah, but yeah, and, and most people are somewhere in the middle. But Sanderson has said that he is a he is an architect with his plots and at least somewhat the gardener with his characters. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we'll we will definitely yeah. discuss that. Um, you have the big arc, you have the prologues, and you have uh, these. Uh, interludes as well yes. throughout the books, which give us a, a glimpse into um, a, a brief glimpse into the wider world as seen by characters that we only get a little snippet of um, throughout throughout the book. Yes, and some of some of the interludes are truly interludes where you'll either say you'll see this character once for whatever reason. Some of the interludes are characters that will be returning interlude-wise. Some of them are future POV characters. So it's all over the place as yeah. far as, like, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and well, well, Seth is the major yep. interlude character <laughs> that that repeats. Yeah, you, um, you want to go... AKA, in- I, AKA, even by the end of the book, still my favorite character, oh, I, I think. Love, I love Seth. Seth is... He's indefinitely in my top five Favorite characters in the series. Seth. Seth. Yeah, Seth. Yeah. I think that S is kind of silent, but again, pronunciation. There's one particular name in this series that will... You've seen this character already, but I don't know if he's named. I don't think he is, but we'll we'll talk about his pronunciation when we get there. But, okay. So I, I'm not going to say because I want to see how you pronounce it. But, um, yeah. So do you want it to... Let's... Speaking of Seth, let's talk about the prologue okay because um, I think it is that important to talk about mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it is a major galvanizing event yes so basically real quick just to back up a step real quick the prologue of the way of kings as a refresher is Zeth who is the assassin in white who has these uh, abilities storms into the peace signing treaty between the Alethi and the Parshendi and kills the king of Al- kills Gavilar, the king of Alethkar. Yes, um, starting and and does it uh, at the behest of the Parshendi, um, throwing uh, them into perpetual war, yes. um, and that's kind of the situation that we find ourselves in. That um, two of our three principal characters are directly involved in that. Yes. Uh, you mean, uh, well, you mean D- Dalinar and Adolin and Kaladin? And I didn't think of Adolin, but or, yeah, yeah, I, I guess if you include Al- Adolin, yeah, it's just, yeah. Oh yeah. He, he's I mean, he, pretty he's, major. He's a, he's not Dalinar or Kaladin level, but he is. And a, especially he's since he's not, he's, he's never, especially apart from Dalinar. I don't, mm-hmm. um, I say yeah. Dalinar. Oh, and also Adolin. <laughs> yeah. There's, and you'll kind of see that a little more, like, obviously now at the end of this book, Kaladin is like with Kaladin's with them as well. So like mm-hmm. a lot of them share. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and stuff. yeah. And the, uh, Apart from just uh, having meaningful arcs in their own right, the 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 plot was obviously constructed to eventually um, bring them all together at the end of the yes. book. It's kind of an anti Game of Thrones thing, where in Game of Thrones you start out with chapter one, where all or most of the main characters are in the same building, <laughs> and then although I guess technically yeah and then like although I guess that's technically the case with this but like you don't see like most of them aren't important to Zeth's POV um but and then like in Game of Thrones they all spread out across the world for the rest (laughs) of the series um where it's a little more wavering kind of like weaving in and out of that in this series Mm -hmm. or uh, or with uh Jordan where it's a big it's a big uh elliptical shape where yeah. they're together they're apart and they're together they're yeah apart and they're together yeah with with some swapping of pairings and stuff in jordan which is kind of fun yes yes that's always fun uh but yeah so that's the anything else on the assassination other than that it's just a f- awesome scene it's especially <laughs> with what we it says it's one of the first things we see we go oh we have an assassination that is a really good way to start things because even even knowing nothing we are engaged um and it's not just kind it's not only intrigue 
Um, we also have a really big fight, the mm-hmm. elements of which we don't understand yet, but we know this is a big fight, and it's it's written well. Yes. Um, and the... I mean, Zeb does some magic things in this sequence, um, <laughs> which, I mean... I, you know, I'm not really going to say a whole lot about... Other yeah, than, we're still learning about um, what Zeth can do. Yeah, other than he, he can... Yeah, you know, I, I'm going to not say much about that because I'm not sure how well you're understanding it right now and what's explicitly stated in the book. Yes. But... <laughs> yeah, we won't. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, next yeah. thing you want to talk about... Um, I, I well, could go on. I'm just I I want to first see where you want to direct this. Yeah. Well, um, I would. We could go into uh, themes, and where we can go into character. Um, I have more notes on character. Yeah, that, um, that's generally, especially at this point, going to be more the case. Uh, I So, alright, so we're going to do more than one episode on this. Yes. Um, um, we could... I think we might want to do three. Yeah, let's do three. So, we'll... So, we're, we're almost about a half hour. Do you want to do... Well... What, what are you thinking? Do you want to do, go into characters or do you want to go into more theme stuff? Um, let's, let's do, uh, let's do, oh, jeez, now you're making me double think. <laughs> well, what were you, like, what was your initial? I was, I was going to go into uh, Kaladin. All right, let's, then, the, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's go into Because this might take us the rest of, yeah, because, go ahead. Um, we can do themes if you want to leave characters for an, like, an episode of their own. I, I mean, mostly because Kaladin is, is the main character of this book, mm-hmm. and there's a lot to say there about There is him. a lot to say about Kaladin. We um, both have our own things to say about Kaladin. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I, um, again, he, he's a big one that I'll have more to say about, even, even more to say about in Words of Radiance. But, mm-hmm. um, but like, this is his the book where he is the focus and flashback character. Yes. Uh, yes, and that is another example of structure as well. Yes, and I'll... That's all I'm going to say about that. Mm-hmm. I'll get more into that again. Yeah. So, yeah, theme-wise, what were you thinking? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll just do that for this episode then. Yeah. Well, we we only see... Um, as far as... Uh, the parts of humanity we're grappling with in this book um, has a lot to do with the specific um, culture and current issues of Alethkar, which is mm-hmm. clearly only one part of Roshar. Yes. So we're only working with that right now. Um, we deal a lot with um, war and uh, conflict and the overriding cultural need to um, prove one's value mm-hmm. by by engaging in conflict. And, and go ahead. There's very specific things with that that I'm going to say. But sure, go ahead. sure. And the the uh, resisting narrative of um, old writings such as The Way of Kings, which mm-hmm. is an eponymous for the um, for the, the, the book the, that Dalinar the, the, is the, the reading, Dalinar or having, reading. The, having read to him, we should say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, where it, it uh, outlines many different um, uh, like a, a different set of values than the one that than the ones that are currently being practiced yes. um, in this world. I'm um, saying you know don't have everything be about conflict. It, it 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 doesn't say like no fighting, be peaceful. Mm-hmm. It just it just outlines rules that you go by. Um, the yes, yeah. and that so this is. So, uh, where do I start? <laughs> All right, so I view the major overarching theme of the Stormlight Archive and that, like, kind of how the characters look about 
their arcs are all tied in some way, shape, or form to basically like being the person that you say you are and kind of following through and making letting your kind of external person match your internal person um and so what you have with you were saying with dalinar in the way of kings is that you have a lot of these a lot of the high princes that you know so they're on the plains and they're fighting the brashendi and they're like what's about gavilar's honor and we need to like we need to keep fighting them because you're not. You don't want to give up on on your brother Gavilar, do you? Mm-hmm. We can't stop fighting the Prashendi. Mm-hmm. And Gavilar is like, eventually, sorry, Gavilar. Dalinar is eventually like, this isn't about honor at this point. Maybe at first it was, but this is about money now, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> or money and, and competition. I should say money and competition. Um, it, it's, it's no longer about. Uh honor or or uh, it's a lesser cousin vengeance <laughs> yes yeah 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 um, which is um, even that is a is a higher ideal than what they're yeah than what they're because at one point i mean the vengeance pact it was literally about getting revenge for gavilar yes. you know that was six years ago and and you know the war camps are basically at this point stable military outposts. Yes. That, like, they're yes. not really trying to advance on the Burst Trinity. Now, mm-hmm. the whole thing is that the, it, that but with the environment of the world that is difficult because of the high storms and in the shattered plains, there is very little shelter. Yeah, very, yeah, with the high storms, there's very little shelter. Um, assaults require a lot of... Um, military strategy um, and some stuff that would uh, would otherwise be very simple becomes very complicated because of the uneven ground yes. and you need these bridges and these bridge men to carry them and it's just not there's nothing um, really efficient about it and the only way it could be is with high princes working together and that's with um, Gavilar gone that's just not in. That's not easy for them to do. That's not in their nature. Wait, that, wait. In their nature to work to work together to, to work together oh, to yes. work together. Yeah, I mean, you'll you see it enough in this book. I mean, like it's. I mean, the, Gavilar was the uniting. Like the, Gavilar was the uniting force, and like it's kind of hinted at. But I mean, you know, Gavilar and Dalinar, they they did not unite Alethkar peacefully, <laughs> um, and so like. With that, with the kind of threat of Gavilar and Dalinar gone in terms of, like, threat to the High Princes, as well as Gavilar as their leader gone, it's kind of like... And and at this point, none of them really care about the Vengeance Pack. (laughs) Um, It's, yeah... Yeah, the yeah. I think I think we're we have some overlap in our view of the uh, over overriding themes. Because um, oh. yeah, it is a lot about uh, honor and how you conduct yourself, um, and that's reflected in what the uh, well, what what all of the major characters go through. Which I don't want to get into more without talking about. The right? Specific yeah, characters. we're not going to go hold on to that. Um, however, we. Well, go ahead. Finish what you're saying about... That was it. Uh, speaking... Because you started talking about kind of Alethkar being this war nation... Or, well, the the plot being about war and stuff. Yes. Because uh, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that... So let's talk about kind of just Alethkar in general. Because... And kind of Alethi culture... Or I should say Voran culture and society. Voranism is the religion mm-hmm. that most of the countries that in that kind of area of the world follow. Specific... Yeah. Mostly Alethkar and Vedanar, but... Yeah. Alethi is the national identity. Voran is the religious identity. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and they and yeah. they very much intersect. Um, so you have this... Uh, Society based off of a very superficial thing, as many of them are, um, between well, light eyes and dark eyes. Well, the, I mean, the, so yes, yeah. Well, yes. Insofar as it, it, what, what amounts to a caste system, yes. The um, yes. the the overarching thing of Voranism is it's all come down. So, like, just sorry, just to go a little higher level for a minute with that. 
uh, like it all comes down from the heralds, and so it's the different heralds have different. Uh, they're basically these. I'm going to call them gods for now. We will be having lots of discussions about the heralds as we progress in the series, but and like what exactly who and what they are and stuff. But uh, they have they kind of are basically the saint figures in the Vorn Church, and everyone has. To, so basically, that's where a lot of the light eyes say their power comes from. Yes. Yeah. And that's uh, that that has parallels. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, so I couldn't. That's where their that's yeah. That's where their um. That's where their authority comes from. That's where their. Like, I mean, it's it's the divine right of kings. Just yes, just kind of dispersed a little bit um to a whole uh, eye color. Uh, um, with 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 some racist. Well, you are well. Okay, you, you could apply you could apply light eyes and dark eyes to any. This concept that Sanderson's talking about with the light eyes and dark eyes, the light eyes being the rulers, dark eyes being not rulers, mm-hmm. can be applied to any sort of kind of, like we were talking about X-Men, any sort of kind of minority and or, or oppressed group. Or where you have oppressors and oppressed. Yes. Or, or let, let, me, let me rephrase that. Where you have very much a, these are the ruling people and these are definitely not the ruling people. Yes. In in the sense of, yeah, yeah, ruling class, um, which uh, uh, has roots in, in, in class structure um, a little more so than something like race. Because I don't get the sense that the, a light eyes looks at a dark eyes and thinks anything other than, oh, this person is not, isn't worthy to be at my rank. The, the light true. eyes doesn't look at a dark eyes and think, oh, this is something less than human. That's true. That's, There's a difference. That's true. That's the Parshendi. <laughs> or, or, or the Parsh, sorry, the Parshman. Well, and, the par- or, yes, wow. the Parshman, yes, yeah, that's and that is. Wow, which they're more they're that makes sense because it's just a bigger difference. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, I mean, there's they're uh, the recent- marbled skin. They 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 are either these uh, the the Parshman are uh, don't communicate at all and are just and, and see quote unquote seem. Uh, happy yeah. with the yes. work that's given for them. Um, so you either have that or you have the closely related Parshendi who want to kill everybody. So <laughs> either yeah, way, sure. there's not <laughs> a lot of... Um, and it is a lot more complicated, obviously, yes. but it, mm-hmm. there's yeah, there's not a lot of uh, camaraderie to be had there. No. <laughs> no, um, definitely not. <laughs> uh, it, it, yeah, at least not in like kind of the current cultural climate um uh one thing i think that's interesting about voyagers and that we have to talk about is the masculine and feminine roles men and women that's because i well it's it's at least partially um uh connected to this idea of calling yes one's (laughs) one's calling there are certain callings that are um said to be more suited for men and more suited yes. for women. So, um, so just to, sorry, to back up real quick on this. So your calling is what you, is your, you, in Bornism, it is the kind of path or that you kind of, or like that you kind of take mm-hmm. or um, different things that you kind of do to try and get to heaven, basically. Mm-hmm. And some are better than that, and not to, again, not to get into Kaladin, but part of, uh, his his past dealings, uh, her or his past questions have to do with um, the highest call. Do I do the highest calling of all, which is to be a soldier, or do I do something lesser but still good, like being a surgeon, yes, or, or even something entirely different? Um, and it's it wouldn't be entirely surprising to anybody starting out that being a soldier is a masculine calling. What might be more surprising is mm-hmm. the other major taboo is that reading and writing. Is well, I don't know if it's a calling, but it's 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 specifically a feminine trait. Mm-hmm. Men do not and not men don't read, or I should, or unless you're an ardent, 
which are basically their priests, but like that, even yeah, then, they're, but, they're, but they, they don't, they have, but they they're have, kind uh, of like, they have that, that privilege yeah, as, 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 as ardents. Yeah. Um, the only exception being, um, Gavilar, which, who despite being king, um, or at least it, at least it's so heavily implied. L- let me ask you this. What's, what, um, what led you to think? Well, okay, okay, okay. To be fair, it's partially because um, of the message that Zeth writes. Yes, <laughs> um, and that is everyone else is like, oh, geez, he was even farther. He was even kookier than we thought. He knew how to write. Yeah. Um, when really it was Zeth that transcribed the message onto yes. the stone or whatever it was. Um, no, I. But at I, the same right. time, he was. It's it's still possible it because he was so into the the codes and everything. Oh no, it, it is, and I there's a lot of stuff going on with Gavilar, um, but I even right now, I mean, I'm sure if I really looked into stuff, I could probably figure out find more clues. But like, as far as I know, right now, Gavilar could have been able to read. Yes, right? like mm-hmm. yeah. But for the most part, um, the uh, women will send messages. Scri- scribes that men of power have are all women. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's so. One interesting thing about that is that a lot of times, kind of the the husband wife pairing is kind of related to that, where the husband will like basically. If, make if, all yeah, the decisions, and then the woman is kind of the the wife. Their wife is kind of. Um, like basically, they're they're scribe and kind of like in charge cor- of correspondence mm-hmm. and um, and uh, there's even the um, we we, we uh, see a merchant early Shalon sees a merchant early on and his wife keeps his ledgers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's yeah. because because if if you have a because even if it's uh, this culture is half based in writing the way that ours is, then. You only have one gender that can do that. It's a pretty important gender. Yes. (laughs) They do not have the – there's constraints obviously and that's not good. But it still allows them to have a place of standing that makes them indispensable. Yes. Apart from, you know, just baby making. (laughs) Which is the case with every culture. Yeah, every other – not every other. But it gives them an extra layer of prestige um, that they can enjoy. Yeah. Which is nice. No, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. But it, it is a really interesting, uh, it is a really interesting dynamic because the, like, like you had said, the highest calling in Voronism is to be a soldier so that when you die, you go to the, um, you go, you, you go, am, you go to, I forget go, where you go to, but you, well, you're trying to the, take back the tranquiline halls, halls. Yes. Which is basically heaven. Yes. Uh, and so that's like... Because the heralds were driven out, and... Humanity was driven out of the Tranquiline Halls, and the heralds are back there fighting to take them back. Yes, and the humans, when they die, can go join them in, glor- in glorious battle. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which now thinking of it that way, it's kind of Norse. Yeah. It's I was so just, Norse. <laughs> we had the same thought. I was just, it's yeah, so Norsey. Yeah. I was just thinking. Yeah. That is kind of Norsey Skyrim, <laughs> uh, which is Norsey, mm-hmm. but which is pretty Norsey. Um, and then the, uh, the one other major weird thing that keeps cropping up is that women have to keep their non-writing hands covered up. It's like. I think I, it's I, I think it's specifically the what would left it be it's specifically I, yeah uh, well I mean I need yeah. to double check but I because I I've like read stuff on forums where people are like well what if you're like say what if you're left hand what if you're left handed <laughs> were you um, gonna say what if you're satanic and you're left hand <laughs> no 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 I don't okay know, but um but uh, yeah that's possible and it's possible that um, they kind of beat right handedness into uh, yeah that's, maybe a little it's obviously something that happens yeah. um but it's it's a it seems to be akin it's not like being naked if you don't have it on but it's like wearing it's too, like a, too short a skirt or showing cleavage 
Yeah, it's like that's... something a little like "What are you doing?" sort of yes. sort of thing instead of like "Oh God, oh dear." Yeah, that's the yeah, that's basically what it is. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that there's kind of a class element to that too, because like if you're if you're more if you're like a dark eyes or don't have as much like money, you're probably going to work on like a glove or whatever because it's cheaper and whatever and you just need to keep your hand covered mm-hmm. if you're rich you're going to wear the sleeve that's mm-hmm. elaborately because the, coated yeah, because like it's yeah, designed it's, that way and yeah, you have tailors that design it that way yes yeah and mm-hmm. like, kind of like when like light eyes looking at like a dark eyes who has the gloves like oh like like you said oh they're they're wearing a glove like why why, why aren't they like putting more effort into like covering their safe hand or something like that mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah, it is, it is, it is one of those, again, those really kind of, and again, with a lot of this, this kind of speaks to the specificity of a lot of the things, um, that this series, I think the series does really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, no, now the, the interesting thing I'll just say is that is, uh, is Voronism, or basically, you kind of get the sense that, like with Dalinar's visions and stuff, that the current way that Alethkar or like Vadenar or other current Voron nations are practicing Voronism is not exactly the way that it was originally either created or is. intended. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're we're learning a lot with those visions. Um, not to get into Dalinar uh, with we, this. We, the, the visions are very connected to this, oh, they, so we, we can talk well, about Well, yes and yeah. no. I mean, there is a lot that Dalinar simply witnesses that he has no idea what to make of. Yes. Um, what they, obviously, there's a lot of calls to things that... Um, neither of us probably get and I, I certainly I don't get any of it um, but it's talking a lot about how my guess is that the way that um, the practitioners of this religion and just how people understand the metaphysics of the world um, or just the way that the physical world works is just totally a misinterpretation um, where they they deify um, people or beings that aren't really gods, what they call them gods, because they don't understand what they are, um, which yes. uh, has of, of course happened with the sun, the moon, wait, the stars. What, wait, what what were you thinking of specifically with this book? Um, I don't know uh, yet. Okay, but I think well because. Sorry, well, I'm the, to, the reason, well, the reason I can't name it is because I know, in the context of this book, I know the sun as Ra, oh, yeah, the okay. sun god. Yeah. I don't know it as the sun. I can't name the sun okay. in the context because I don't know the real thing that the god represents. Oh. But I'm saying there's something behind the scenes that we will learn about. Yes. Um, not yes. that it will be total, because what I liked about Hero of Age is that it, it wasn't a totally like, oh, everything's mundane. It wasn't like that. It no, made it even it's... grander, which is great. Um, this is going to be a, probably a mixture of both, would be my guess. We'll see, uh, kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit to see some mundaneness, like, oh, that's what that really is. Um, like, the, like with the, um, I don't want to get into too many of the reveals, but like with the Parshendi. Um, I mean, well, we could talk about. I mean, well, well with well, right. with the void bringers, rather. Yes. Yeah, so it, the, the reveal that the Parshendi are the void bringers, right? Which is just like uh, puts a very realistic bent on the destruction of the world or destruction of civilization. You make it makes sense why that would be, and it's just not world altering. It's just like, oh, that makes practical sense that it yes. would bring about destruction. Um, it'll be uh, so it'll. In all these revelations throughout this entire series, it'll probably be some of that, and it'll probably be some, oh, this is grander than we even imagined. Yes. That's a pretty, that's pretty on target as far as, like... What you've seen so far? Yeah. Cool. Um, I, I'm more just thinking of specific things that are the uh, grander than you could have imagined things. <laughs> uh, very but, good. But, I'm excited. Or, or kind of 
cooler than one, well, one particular one that's one of the coolest, like, reveals ever. But, mm-hmm. um, yes, that that is, that is in general, like, a pretty good approximation of, like, at least so far, how... Uh, yeah, because like you said, with Hero of Ages, like, we're not, not to harp on it more, but, like, it, it's not like he makes everything else that happened before irrelevant. It's like... Quite it's just, a contrary. Exactly. It's it, the exact opposite. It's just a whole nother, like, kind of uh, spin. Yes. Yes. Everything matters from before. It just matters different. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's, that yes. takes so much creativity. I love it. Yes. Um, anything more you wanted to say about theme? About theme? I mean, yes, but <laughs> uh, any 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 uh, oh, final guess, thoughts? See the, I mean, I have a Dalin, theme thing that's kind of Dalinar connected, but I mean, see, and here's the thing is that at least in this book specifically with Kaladin and Dalinar, there's a lot of stuff with like theme that's like intrinsically connected to their character arcs. Yeah, and and I'd rather we built of, on that while we talked about them. Yes, yeah, right, yeah. So like, let's yeah, I'd rather I'd rather yeah, let's do that then. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, so we're gonna do three episodes for Way of Kings. Yeah, I like um, that. Yeah, I like that. Um, the next. Uh, I mean, there's so much we haven't talked about. I mean, the next one is a big one. We'll, we'll, we'll probably do characters next. Yes, we will um, do next. Yeah, because I mean, so will be the character episode. Yeah, and, and then and then we can kind of go into. Um, we, we can go. I mean, the third one we can go into basically everything we haven't covered um, and all that, and kind of more overarching stuff of the book. Uh, although we did a lot of that in this episode, but yeah. Yeah, so but well, yeah, we'll 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 end it here. We'll we'll have this be a, this is a good length. Yes, I'd agree. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So again, this is the Acolytes of Merlin, the first episode of our discussion of the Way of Kings, the uh, first book of the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson. Mm-hmm. And that was our own la- layering. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was kind of a mishmash. <laughs> Love that. Uh, So we're your hosts, Johnny. And John. And thanks for listening. Mm